Wrestling Contest is scheduled for one fall. Please welcome Mr. Freds. What is the one quality that you possess that makes you think that you can walk out here and come into the ring and face the very best in the business? Ruthless aggression. What is up, peeps? Welcome to episode 106 of Fretzelmania. I am Mr. Fretz, your tour guide through the ruthless aggression era, at least in 2003. We are on the road to Wrestlemania, so that means we are once again getting your Fretzelmania, Pretzelmania, Wrestlemania review and preview of both 2003 and 2023 coming up very, very soon. We are hot off the heels of a historic match. Pay-per-view, I mean. From Montreal, Quebec, Canada, not only in 2023, but in 2003, some 20 years ago. We had a screw job in the main event of No Way Out, and we had a, let's just say a heartbreak in the main event of Elimination Chamber. But before we get there, we have a few bumps in the road. Meanwhile, that week in the wrestling, that bloody week in the wrestling, we had Monday Night Raw on February 24th, 03, from the Air Canada Center, now known as, I think, the Scotiabank Center, Scotiabank Place, in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, the home of my beloved Maple Leafs, and I'm going to get there in just a second. Uh, we did have a rock promo during this... Um, during this night, and some 20 years later, I still know it, and it still sticks in my craw. You know, the eyebrow-raising, jabroni-beating, pie-eating, stronger than a bull, faster than a buck, the greatest thing to hit Canada because the maple leaves suck. And that got all the booze raining down in the Air Canada Center. This was back when the maple leaves had like Matt Sundin, Gary Roberts, Curtis Joseph in net. You had, was Brian Leach on defense? No, Brian Leach was 2004. Anyways, this was a team that made the conference finals and was unfortunately bowed out by the Carolina Hurricanes in an overtime game six. Heartbreak once again. And uh, Rock, you suck. Also on this show, we had Jazz defeating Jacqueline Kane, accompanied by Rob Van Dam, defeated one half of the tag team champions, Lance Storm, of course, accompanied by Billy and Regal. The weird makeshift tag team of Booker T and Scott Steiner, the two men that were on opposing sides on the final Nitro for the WCW title, defeated the team of Bautista and Randy Orton of Evolution, Evolution, accompanied by Ric Flair. 
Stacy Keebler and Test defeated Chris Jericho and Christian by DQ. I believe this was revenge from that phantom chair shot that looked like that Stacy got being chased around the ring and then it hit the ring post. It looked like it hit her, but it completely did not. That or it was that actual that time that it happened. I can't remember what which is which. Christopher Nowinski, and I believe one of his last few appearances on the company, defeated Jeff Hardy by DQ. Jerry the King Lawler defeated Chief Morley, Valvinus, in a no-disqualification match. And in the main event, the man that will be facing the world heavyweight champion Triple H at WrestleMania 19 has been determined as a number one contendership battle royal took place. With Booker T defeating Al Snow, Batista, Chris Jericho, Christian, Jamal, Jeff Hardy, Kane, Lance Storm, main event Maven, in the main event, once again, Randy Orton, Rob Van Dam, Rodney Mack, Rosie, Scott Steiner, Steven Richards, Test, The Hurricane, The Rock, and Tommy Dreamer. This, of course, uh, had the spot with The Hurricane. I believe The Hurricane distracted The Rock somehow and allowed Booker T to win this match. So WrestleMania 19 is set. We have Booker T versus Triple H for the world title. And I don't see any way that this could be problematic at all. And uh, since uh, ProWrestlingFandom.com has all the eliminations here, I'm going to give them to you. Jericho eliminates Test. Uh, Jericho eliminates himself. RVD eliminated Jamal. The Rock eliminated Tommy Dreamer. And then Maven. Scott Steiner eliminates Richards. Batista, Orton, and Van Dam. So he eliminated all those people. Batista then also... Well, Batista eliminated Al Snow somehow. Okay. This is a bit out there. The Hurricane eliminated Rodney Mack. The Rock eliminated the Hurricane. Aha, here's the distraction spot coming up. Orton eliminated Hardy, Steiner eliminated Orton, and Batista. Booker T eliminates Batista, Kane eliminates Rosie, and Lance Storm. The Rock eliminates Christian, and then Kane. And then this distraction spot allows Booker T to eliminate The Rock and become the number one contender. Man, th this was quite the show. I still remember watching this at home. I wanted to be there live, but... The next time I would be seeing the WWE live would be only a couple of months after this. And to this day, I still haven't seen WWE live. I saw AEW in Toronto a few weeks after Brawl Out. And despite the fact that everyone was suspended or fired or whatever, it was still a very good show. Although for me, the bloom is kind of starting to come off the rose for All Elite. Maybe it'll take something good creative to happen. Revolution is on Sunday, and I'm not paying for it this time around. I might watch it on a download a couple of days after if it looks good. But yeah, no, I'm sorry. Meanwhile, TNA pay-per-view number 33 on February 26th. In the Fairgrounds Coliseum, 1,300 fans approximately. Weekly pay-per-view here. Dark matches, Trinity pinned one dirty bitch, ODB, is making her TNA debut in 03. I didn't know it was this far back. Above average, Mike Sanders and Glenn Gilberti 
defeated the team of Ken Anderson and Sean Davari when Sanders pinned Davari. So this is one of the early appearances of Ken Anderson. I mean, that guy made his debut in the 90s, and he is still... Is he still going? Nate, tell me if uh, Ken Anderson's still going. He might be doing some of the uh, Wisconsin Indies. Uh, Sonny Siaki pinned Vex, and Elix Skipper, prime time, baby, pinned Chris Vaughn. Not that one. On the main card, we had the X Division champion Kid Cash pinning Jason Cross. And if that is a name that you remember from yesteryear... This is a guy that did a shooting star press leg drop as a finisher that was wowing people in 03 that was shared on forms everywhere via GIF or GIF, however the crap you pronounce that, just wowing people with all that. The Disciples of the New Church, Brian Lee, a.k.a. Chains and Underfaker, and Slash, pinned Simon Diamond and Johnny Swinger when Slash pinned Swinger. America's Most Wanted beat The Naturals, making an early appearance in the company when Storm pinned Stevens. Raven pinned Julio De Niro, so we are not quite at the gathering quite yet, so maybe Raven pinned this guy, Julio gained his respect, and he joins them later on. In a match that would have been on Nitro had this person not gone to ECW, Jerry Lynn beat Juventud Guerrera, AJ Styles pinned the Sandman. Oh man, that's getting random here in TNA land. Speaking of random, the team of Dusty Rhodes and Big Van Vader, yes, Vader and TNA, and the Harris, well, beat the Harris Twins by disqualification. What was this qualification? I didn't look up because uh, ProWrestlingHistory.com isn't very uh, detail-oriented. That's fine. Now, it's time for Velocity, the favorite show of the RA Era podcast, and Mr. Apron Bump himself. Guys, let's have a ch- let's have a chat sometime. Velocity, Bill DeMott. Bill the Bully DeMott, Hugh Morris, General Huge Erection beat Billy Kidman. The MIA versus the Filthy Animals on Velocity. Chavo Guerrero beat Johnny Stamboli, and Rey Mysterio beat Shannon Moore. Now, oh man, here we go. We are in the Labatt Center in London, Ontario, Canada, the home to the London Knights, the former home of current Maple Leafs captain John Tavares. I believe uh, Jonathan Tays played here. Uh, Nazem Kadri of the Calgary Flames, formerly of the uh, Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche, and my beloved Maple Leafs as well. Kadri was actually drafted by the Leafs from the London Knights. And the London Knights are actually a rival team to my uh, my local team, the Owen Sound Attack, Go Bears. This might be the only time I have seen WWE or maybe any wrestling in London, Ontario. They did have a Monday Night Raw in Kitchener, which is actually about an hour away from London, and, a ri- and another rival team to the London Knights. Uh, But it's really neat to see these smaller Ontario cities get the rub, get the coverage here. And this might be the only time they've been on TV. I'm probably wrong because I'm going to be going through the rest of this year. No Way Out is in the rearview mirror. We saw a recap 
from that night and all the shenanigans that took place there. And Vince McMahon immediately opens the show, saying that he has good news and bad news. First off, the bad news. The Rock will not be here tonight. The Rock has earned the right to go on whatever show he wants. So now The Rock is on Monday Night Raw to set up his WrestleMania match with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Brackets, that was my notes. The good news is, Hulk Hogan will also not be here tonight and all oh, McMahon is trolling. Audience is starting to chant asshole. And, uh, my goodness, he is uh, he, he is just trolling here. And he says that Hulk Hogan had this flimsy excuse of a family emergency for his son. What's his son's name? Nick? Nicholas? Something like that. There's only one reason why Hogan's not here. And he's a coward. And someone in that audience has that big, long Hulk Hogan WrestleMania 6 banner. And I want to find out who this is. And see if he actually still has this. Because we saw this big banner at a couple of other shows. We saw it at uh, WrestleMania 18 that took place in the Skydome. The Rogers Center in, in Toronto, home of the Blue Jays. And I have seen it pop up at Canadian shows ever since. And it's a piece of wrestling history. Like, if anyone knows about this, I would really like to know. I'm thinking someone like uh, Slack might know this or some of the other people in his circles. And that he says that, you know, he screwed Hulk Hogan and Bret Hart. And this referee that I handpicked is a Canadian, Sylvain Grenier. Vince then declares Hulkamania dead. Our opening contest is a mixed tag team match pitting SmackDown number one announcer Funaki and Tori Wilson going up against Jamie Noble and Nydia. And tonight, SmackDown is brought to you by Truth, the anti-smoking campaign. The U.S. Army, sponsoring a show in Canada. How ironic. It's like rain on your wedding day. It's a free ride when you've already paid. It's good advice like you just didn't take. And who would have thought it figures? I am legally required to recite the rest of the chorus to Ironic by Alanis Morissette when I hear the word, that word. And also sponsored by PlayStation 2, uh, one of the best consoles of the time that I didn't get until 2022. <laughs> and then we get a plug for Playboy because somebody from the WWE is going to be on the cover of that magazine and actually have a nude spread Coming very soon. We are not revealing who it is yet, but we are coincidentally plugging this during a match with Corey Wilson and Nidia. So, who could it be? It's Corey Wilson. So, in this match here, Nathan Jones is talked about. Oh, no. No, 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 no. No. Now, Nidia tries to uh, lock in a sleeper on Funaki, but gets slammed. Noble accidentally stinger splashes Nidia. A tornado DDT by Funaki is reversed into a double clothesline by the two guys. Nidia misses a top rope splash, and then Taz has one of the weirdest lines here. Right on those eggs! She broke the yolk, Cole! Um, what? Uh, what? Uh, Tori slaps Jamie, 
uh, who then uh, slams her head into the mat uh, in response. And as uh, a um, person I know said one point in time, uh, equal rights, equal fights. I know they were joking, but yikes. <laughs> and then uh, Funaka plunges outside of the ring. We see a Russian leg sweep. Uh, Don Marie comes out onto the apron here to attempt to distract Tori. But then uh, Nadia runs into her and we get a schoolboy roll up and Tori wins. And then Tori thanks Stephanie McMahon backstage and is revealed that Tori Wilson's going to be naked in Playboy. Okay. And we promise this won't interfere with your appearance on Girls Gone Wild. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, boy, that's a, that's a whole other kettle of fish there that I am not even going to attempt to get into. OSW Review reviewed the Girls Gone Wild WWE crossover, so we don't need to. Jay Hunter, thanks for planting yourself on that sword, bro, because... Uh, no. Backstage, Brian Kendrick really needs a job in wrestling. And he has an idea to prove how bad that he wants it in the WWE. He'll take on the WWE champion, Kurt Angle. Stephen McMahon likes this and says, Okay, if you can last five minutes with Kurt, you're hired. Our next contest is Nunzio versus Eddie Guerrero, the full-blooded Italians versus the Latino World Order versus Los Guerreros, beat to win t-shirt. And man, looking back, I didn't like this, this version of Eddie at the time, but now I can look back and slap my 19-year-old self in the face saying, dude, what's wrong with you? Because this was fun. Uh, this was really, really fun. But he's acting like a heel. That's the joke. So Eddie almost messes up the backflip spot, but that might have been more on Nunzio. Could have been just uh, both of them being really slippery, oil up wrestlers. You know the drill. We have an arm drag and a drop kick by Eddie. Chavo is talking trash to Stan Boldy from the ringside, so we're reigniting the Misfits in Action versus New Blood feud. <sighs> Mance, thank you for reviewing WCW, so I don't have to. Uh, Chuck cheap shots Eddie from the ringside. Uh, you know, he's kind of tied up in the bottom rope there. We have a backbreaker by Eddie, an electric chair drop by Eddie. The frog splash is denied, and I love that you can kind of tell when there's going to be no frog splash because Eddie kind of goes in swanton mode and goes for a roll off, off the top rope when he, when he gets there. Nunzio rolls up, and then Eddie reverses with the tights feet to win. The FBI have a beatdown on the Guerreros after the match, and Rikishi comes to even the odds. So this feud must continue. Backstage, Paul Heyman and Stephanie McMahon are having a chit-chat. And Stephanie is saying that should Brock win his match tonight, he gets to select any member of Team Angle for a steel cage match next week. Paul Heyman says, that's not fair. Stephanie McMahon says, life's not fair, Paul. Get out of my office. Backstage again, we have Brock Lesnar and Chris Benoit having a chat. Benoit is giving advice to the young beast here about Kurt Angle, saying that he'll do anything to keep 
his WWE title. Edge is out of commission with neck surgery, and Team Angle are responsible for this. And then he opens the uh, door to the locker room, saying, Are you ready? Because Benoit then says that, you know, Team Angle is not the only one around here with friends. We then get the Limp Biscuit WrestleMania 19 ad. Oh, here we go again. Crack Addict by Limp Biscuit, the official theme song of WrestleMania 19. Let's go. Our next match is a tag team contest pitting Matt Hardy, version one, the new Cruiserweight champion, and Shannon Moore against Chris Benoit and a mystery partner. Who could it be? Ooh. Today's Matt facts are Matt wears size 34 pants. And I did in like 8th grade. And Matt thinks sweet potatoes are delicious. Me too. Sweet potato fries are criminally underrated and might be a scoosh better for you than regular potato fries. But, you know, since this, uh, this afternoon I ate a little Popeye's chicken sandwich with the Cajun fries for lunch. I don't know, man. Maybe they're, maybe they're number two. Matt Hardy says in a pre-taped interview that if Edge followed Mattitude, he wouldn't have suffered such a terrible twist of fate. Good one, Matthew. And Chris Benoit's mystery tag team partner is Rhino, making his return to the WWE after a 16-month absence following neck surgery. There's a massive trend going on here in, in WWE. We had Chris Benoit out with neck surgery in 01 to 02. Uh, middle of 01, like really late in the invasion angle, uh, Rhino went down with neck surgery. Uh, Edge is about to go down with neck surgery, about to have neck surgery in 03. There's a really ominous trend going around here. Like, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin's about to retire for 29 years, 19 years, whatever, because of his neck. Um, yeah, uh, wrestling's dangerous, folks. <laughs> and that pretty much put a nail in the coffin of me having any ambitions to get in the ring. And Rhino, he is just plowing both of these poor lads. Big EC dub chants going on from the London faithful here, which kind of caught me off guard, but... You know, London, Ontario is a pretty uh, smart city. They're pretty uh, intense, I should say. I've never really been to London. I went to school in Kitchener, just outside of there. But man, they're uh, they're a passionate bunch over there, especially when it comes to the London Knights. Oh boy, we see a side effect by Matt Hardy, some spine busters by Rhino. Rhino gets the hot tag eventually after be after Benoit being worked over by the other guys. Spinebuster on more, Gore on V1, and we have a win. We have a new tag team here. The Rabid Rhinos. I don't know that's a terrible name for it, but yeah, Rhino makes a very successful return to the WWE. Welcome back, Man Beast. We then see a Nathan Jones interview that was aired last week that I may have completely glanced over or fast-forwarded, and it is weird it's borderline bad. Like Nathan Jones here, this uh, big Australian guy who was in prison for, I think, armed robbery, aggravated assault, something like that. Boggle Road, something, something. And Michael Cole is asking him what his goals are. 
I'm not going to attempt to do his accent, so I'm just going to say it as is. You know, goals? As it should be. My goal is to eventually be the next WWE champion. No. Uh, and he apparently has unfinished business with the biggest dog in the yard. Since when did him and Taker have beef? Huh. Or Big Show? I don't know. Speaking of Taker, he then calls out the A-Train, saying that you got my attention, and now it's time to shut up and fight. Out comes Heyman with, with Albert, who calls the Hell's Gate, that triangle choke-like move that uh, Taker beat Big Show, I think, with at No Way Out. Yeah, Big Show. He calls it an illegal choke, and he presents A-Train as Paul Heyman's new client, because he, he is also a client of Team Angle, of the Big Show, who then comes out here to beat down the dead man, and Nathan Jones evens the odds, and he goes for these wheel kicks that either completely whiff, or A-Train is just backing up like, oh, I ain't taking that shit, no sir. And Nathan Jones and The Undertaker stand tall as the heels bail from the ringside, Looks like we got WrestleMania made up here. Oh boy, Nathan Jones at WrestleMania 19. Yikes. We see another pre-tape backstage vignette, this time with John Cena, who is coming off of his uh, apparent leg injury at the hands of Brock Lesnar. Cena is rapping about Brock using this old-school IBM ThinkPad laptop. If you remember those, uh, can coke to you. Something about, you know, I'm rocking PS2, you can't figure out Atari, you have the F5, I have the FU, and we're getting into a slow burn of a feud. We're not going to see the beginning of until, I think, on the road to Backlash 03, because John Cena only makes an appearance at WrestleMania 19, if I'm not mistaken. Next up is the five-minute challenge, Kurt Angle versus Brian Kendrick, making his in-ring debut, in parentheses, in the WWE. Yes, he wrestled on Velocity under a mask, under a different name. I can't think of what it was. It was very recently. But, you know, Kendrick's been uh, in the Texas Wrestling Academy. I think he's also been in HWA or one of the other uh, farm teams for the WWE at the time. He is a student of Shawn Michaels along the same class with people like Brian Danielson and Paul London. Just what a masterclass. You know, I'm not going to get into what he was called out for uh, last year. I'm going to leave that as is. I'm talking about his in-ring work right here. And Kendrick is one hell of a talent. And he's standing in the ring beside Choney, Choney, Tony Chamel. I'm leaving that in. Thanks, Botchamania who didn't know his hometown or his weight, you know, from whispers in his ear, Olympia, Washington, wing, whispers in his ear, 181 pounds, Brian Kendrick. Kendrick goes for the handshake on Kurt Angle, but Kurt Angle's having none of it, and is taking the uh, the position, you know, in Olympic wrestling when you go down on all fours to have someone else to... Uh, lock up with you. And then Kurt Angle rolls around on him, slaps him in the back of the head, who is around with him, just disrespects him, disrespects him. 
goes for the ground grapple and all that stuff and says to Brian, give me a free shot, one shot. Gets on his knees. You have one free shot. Here we go. And then Brian just kicks him right in the face, and that makes Kurt Angle see red immediately. Suplex City, stomping in a mud hole in his ass, and say it with me, kids, walking it dry. A right hand, and Kedrick just sails over the top rope like a sack of spuds. The ankle lock then is released. And then the straps come down, and we know that Angle's about to take care of some business. Angle slam. He gets him up for the angle slam, but then just puts him down. But then, you know, Kendrick just flips on a switch, does that knee to the face that he called Dr. Teeth, I think, an insiguri, a drop toe hold. He is going for the slice spread number two, but it was reversed into one hell of a clothesline by Angle. Right hands, angle slam, and with just two seconds to spare, two seconds left, I mean, he gets the three count, and that means, unfortunately, Kendrick is not getting his job. Or is he? Just, wow, what a good, quick match here. Uh, these two just, they had chemistry immediately, and Kendrick was playing, you know, the, the plucky underdog babyface very, very, very well. And it's a shame that we won't see him. Or will we? Credingo gets on the mic, and he says, No, we didn't hurt Edge at No Way Out. That wasn't us. But now I'm on to WrestleMania. And he sees Kendrick. Stand up, kid. It's like, you got guts, kid. But I'm sorry. You know, you're not going to make it in this, in this business. But guts are okay in my book. Brock Lesnar, this one's for you. Kurt Angle then just decks Kendrick and lands the F5 on Brian, just adding insult to injury to Brock Lesnar. Savon Grangay, Vince McMahon's personal referee, is then interviewed and begins speaking in French. Bonjour, something in French. And in Ontario, that gets heat. You know, Vince McMahon asks me to introduce one of his best achievements. It's time to present his most shining moment on TV. We then see Rock Hogan 2. We see the No Way Out recap. The lights go out. Vince McMahon costing Hogan the match. Sliding in the chair to uh, Silvan Grande, the referee, sliding in the chair to Hulk Hogan. Uh... Vince McMahon taking off his shirt, revealing the, what you gonna do? Nothing, and the bears. Shout out to the Ruthless Aggression podcast. T-shirt and the setup for WrestleMania. And then in a never-before-seen bit from after the match, we have a bloody Hulk Hogan approaching Stephanie McMahon going like, where's your father? I don't know. I'm gonna beat the hell out of him. So, yeah, we're getting WrestleMania set up here, folks. It's Gonna be McMahon versus Hogan, and oh boy, that's that's a match. Actually, a pretty damn entertaining match, if I do say so myself. I'm not gonna lie here; I loved it, and I can't wait to review it uh, coming up either later this month or early next month. Depends on the time frame. I'm working a lot more now, y'all, so the uh, the schedules might be getting a little bit wonky. Backstage, Paul Heyman is giving advice and hyping up Team Angle 
ahead of their main event match. Coming up next, it's Team Angle, Charlie Haas and Shelton Benjamin versus Brock Lesnar in a handicap match. And if Brock Lesnar wins, he gets a member of Team Angle of his choosing in a salad steel cage next week on SmackDown. And right off the bat, Charlie Haas is taken to Suplex City. Uh, Charlie Haas clotheslines Brock Lesnar over the top rope. And while he is down, Paul Heyman is getting a few cheap shots kicking Brock while he's down. Kurt Angle tries to trip up Brock Lesnar in, in the ring to distract him, but to no avail. However, Charlie Haas locks a sleeper on the beast that Brock Lesnar powers out of while climbing to the top rope with Charlie Haas still attached to them, and Brock Lesnar just falls back, just crushes Charlie Haas. We have an F5 on Shelton Benjamin, and that's it. Brock Lesnar wins this match. Brock Lesnar grabs a microphone and says, Hey, Kurt, it's me and you at WrestleMania. But next week in the Steel Cage, it's gonna be you. Pauses, then points, Paul Heyman! And then Heyman's just aghast and crapping himself. And you can see a little smirk or a little laugh just across Kurt's face that was uh, very quick. He's just like, <laughs> oh wait, I gotta be intense now. And here we go. Next week we got the funeral of Paul Heyman because <laughs> Lesnar gonna murder a man in a steel cage match. And... I've seen that before. Bit ugly. So that'll do it for this version of Fretzelmania, folks. Thank you very much for tuning in. You can follow me on all my social media platforms at Fretzelmania. That's F-R-E-T-Z-L-E Mania. I'm on TikTok a lot less. I'm on Instagram even less. But I will still put my stuff over there and plug it. But I won't be doing too, too much on there. I'm on Twitter a lot, whether I'm talking about hockey or I'm live tweeting Monday Night Raw or very occasionally NXT and Dynamite, or just trolling random crap. I'm I'm always on there. Give me a follow on there. Uh, shoot me a message if you ever want to chat. And be sure to listen to the rest of us on Wrestle Attic Radio. Say it with me, kids. The Cure for the Common Wrestling Podcast. Every Tuesday, you get your weekly fix of the Impact Zone of TNA with Nate the Effing Greats. Uh, brace for impact i think he just wrapped up uh, bound for glory 2007 i gotta get cut up on my on my bfis i gotta be honest with you folks with all the work i'm doing uh, also streaming every wednesday night at 8 p.m eastern standard time is the kings of the rings podcast our awesome gm who just celebrated his birthday happy belated king ricky and will tarashuk we are currently in the Friends of the Show era, so hey, you know, Ricky's probably going to hit you up if you want to be on that show, or you can hit him up as well. I might try and get on to a KOTR some week very, very soon. So Ricky, you're here on this. I'm usually free on Wednesday nights, so you can hit me up almost uh, anytime. And also, kick off your weekend in proper YLP fashion with a young Lions perspective with our good brother, Mr. YLP himself, Zach. Thank you very much, folks, for listening. And until next time, keep your stick on the ice.